you are now tuned in to episode 31 of the Internet Beer Users Podcast. My name is Jay Torres, and with me tonight is my co-host, Nick Pro. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Jay. Today was a big day in the beer world, or at least in the local beer world, my beer world. world uh, here Our beer the, world. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bay Area beer world, right? Um, yeah. You know, it was uh, a big release in or yeah in san francisco from san francisco brewery cellar maker they actually released today they announced it yesterday first of all i gotta i gotta start it with briefly mentioning the fact that there was a lot of anticipation um if you've been following up or keeping up with um i guess cellar maker or social media or even have visited the brewery at any time in the past few weeks you you may have heard that they had brewed some beer with monkish and um it i think Nuts, there was a, crazy yeah i think they um they posted uh, henry the head brewer down at monkish posted an instagram saying that he was up here at cellar maker um so that kind of started the hype and then i think it was on yeah i took a picture of it now that i'm remembering it was on their beer board they have like an upcoming or what's being brewed right now beer board over there and it said monkish collab and um mm-hmm. Their latest, their last couple of can releases, and I guess even their their hoppy beer bottle releases prior to that, they were on a pretty steady schedule of the first Tuesday of the month, I believe it was. So, you know, uh, beer fans out there, a couple of my buddies, Tasty Beverages, want to shout him out briefly. He was speculating that it last Tuesday, so a week ago, today is what the today's the fifteenth, right? Uh-huh. So it would have been it would have been the eighth would have been their release and it was it had to it would have had to have been the monkish collaboration. So he was getting pumped up for it. He was ready to take time off of work or call in sick uh-huh. or oh my god I'm busting him out. Hopefully nobody's listening to this from work. I'm just kidding by the way. <laughs> but he was very excited about it and um you know uh, Tuesday came and went and actually Seller Maker released like a. Think of like a Blondale and a Saison. They had a couple of bottle releases. So it was kind of like a womp womp. <laughs> right? So yesterday, Monday the 14th, they actually uh-huh. threw up a, an Instagram post, double can release. Yes, I, right? I saw that. You posted that, yeah. Permanent daylight, double dry hopped. I don't know if they've ever done it double dry hopped. They may have in the past. First time that I'd seen it double dry hopped, it's um, one of their uh, standout IPAs. So that was already like, whoa. And of course, the Monkish collaboration, keeping it all in the family, which is a double IPA, double dry hopped as well. And here was the big twist. And this is something that myself and my other friends speculated uh, about talking amongst the group of us that they were they were doing something extra or they were brewing a lot of it or, or something along those lines. And sure enough, they actually also had strictly for for you know on-site consumption and growler fills a variation of keeping it in the family, which was a hundred percent citra double yes, yeah, citra dry hopped, I believe it was, or double dry hopped. I forget the exact terminology, but basically the same beer of the Muggish collaboration, but just with a really cool 
variation, and they actually the name for it is actually Dobis Family Reunion. Um, so oh, I thought nice. that that yeah I thought that that was really cool. You know, obviously we've talked a lot about Cellar Maker, um, their standout beers from earlier in the year. Uh, Juice Gymnastics, of course, we've mentioned it multiple mm-hmm. times. We mentioned the Double Dobus as, as one of their standout beers. So it was really an exciting thing for Monkish, uh, excuse me, for Cellar Maker to come out with the long-awaited Monkish collaboration. This is the first time that they've done it on their side, and they announced it for the first time ever for the next day. Usually, they, they give about a week week's notice or so. So mm-hmm. they they did that obviously to to kind of alleviate kind of the madness a little bit. It was still there was still some madness going on. There's still a lot of action and, and a lot of people in attendance. And of course I made a quick pit stop over there and uh, stood in line for a little bit. Saw a lot of people out there. I just quickly wanted to shout out my buddy, Damien Jake that stood in line with me, ran into all things beer 510, AKA Chauncey as well. Uh, my good friend, Matt, AKA P cone and his son dash and the great, great cellar maker staff over there that really kept that line moving quickly. I wasn't in line for very long at all. And uh, nice. yep, got uh, both cans. So happy to report that. And also a growler fill of the Dobis family reunion as well. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jay, it's taking everything in me. It's taken everything in me to not <laughs> drink any of those beers. I like to, oh. yeah, I like, you know, when we're, when we're doing like a double IPA, I like to kind of, stick to that, you know, on a school night and, uh, you know, ensure that I can get up the next morning and, uh, not hate life too much. So, um, I'm going to hold right. off probably maybe tomorrow, maybe even Thursday to, uh, crack that growler and, and maybe have a can of, of one of the releases, but just a huge, huge release day today. I'm super excited if you couldn't tell and, and really looking forward to, uh, to seller makers, uh, collaboration with Monkish and who knows, maybe even a future show beer. So stay tuned on that. Oh uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> You're like, uh, actually, um, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> man. It feels it feels like it's been a while since I, we've we've talked, and it actually has been because we did that double episode uh, a few weeks back. Yes, and, yes. Um, yeah. So, so the reason why we did that double episode was because my cousin got married, and I went down to San Diego. Uh, I was part of the the wedding party, and the you know, we, we had a, the, the dinner, the wedding rehearsal and we had a, you know, a dinner after the, the rehearsal. And, um, I just want to give a shout out to my cousin Francis and his new wife, Sophia. Welcome to the family. And we had an awesome time at the wedding. And I just wanted to mention that we did go to Carl Strauss down in San Diego nice. for the, uh, the dinner rehearsal after, you know, after the whole rehearsal, we had dinner, everybody who was part of the wedding went out and we just had a good time. It's the first time I, you know, you know, weddings are awesome because family comes in from out of town. You know, I live in the Bay area. All my family's down in Southern California. We just all got to hang out and it was cool. He had the, the dinner rehearsal at Carl Strauss and, you know, Carl Strauss is local to San Diego, and the one thing, you know, we, I, of course, I had to have a beer. And the thing, the, <laughs> you know, I ordered beer, and the one that stood out on the menu was, um, they called it a, a Vermont style IPA. I never heard. Yeah. So, nice. I did it. I posted it to my Instagram story. I didn't like actually capture it for you know it expires after 24 hours oh come on but they, come on you got to get that permanent <laughs> shot there you got to check it in go, no i'm just kidding i know no, i know i know but um <laughs> they called it 
It was a Vermont style IPA, which we all know, Northeast style. And they called it Boat Shoes IPA. And I kid you not, it was actually freaking legit. Like, you know, I, I, I probably, I, w- I would have rated it like a 4, 4.25. Straight from the tap, it was awesome. Like, that's, I had that the entire evening. I had maybe had like two or three glasses of this Boat Shoes IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish. I wish Carl Strauss was more readily available outside of San Diego. I know they they bottle some of their stuff, but you can't find it everywhere unless you're in you know the local San Diego area. But man, can that stuff distributed out? Like I was seriously impressed. I wasn't expecting much. They just yep. it just said Vermont style IPA. I was like, huh, okay, let me try this. That's, that's it was actually not that bad. Interesting w- marketing. I've seen yeah, I've seen that a little bit. I've seen it um, from field work actually, and I believe they call one of their beers a Vermont style farmhouse ale, if I'm not mistaken. So what's interesting is that Carl Strauss chose to use it in in a way of describing the New England style, which I think is pretty clever. But they better be careful because there are some folks out in Vermont. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know if you heard this, Jay. Uh, I believe they're some kind of uh, government officials, maybe like a state representative or something like that. That Uh-oh. actually, yeah, that actually took Fieldwork to task for using the <gasps> name of the state of Vermont oh my to describe God, are you their beer. Yes, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. We got to look for for a link for the show notes on that. And uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny that they went pretty hard on them and basically said, "Hey, um, you know, if you're not in Vermont, something along those lines, you know, don't don't use our name in your beer or don't use it to market your beer." So um, I hope Carl Strauss doesn't get called out or anything. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I actually, uh, with my wife, we love we we go to Universal Studios from time to time, and we yeah. love to hit up their um, their tap room restaurant over in uh, Universal City whenever we get the chance and uh, I think they're 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 really underrated uh, long time oh, for sure you know long-standing yeah. West Coast um, brewery I believe they they opened like in the 80s if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. I think like 87 or something and uh, super quality beer so that's that's awesome that they're kind of getting on the uh, the new wave here of yeah, the, they, uh, the haze right yeah they're on the haze train yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's so two weeks. It's been two weeks since we talked, and uh, I just want to mention. <laughs> oh man, Nick, it's only Tuesday, and I've had a long week of work already. <laughs> um, so we're recording this on Tuesday. Reason why we couldn't record this on our usual day on Mondays because um, so I work in the industry that I work in and my, my client, they put on a golf tournament every year. Mm. And I don't think I've mentioned it to you, Nick, but it's actually, it's actually kind of a big deal. They, um, they host this golf tournament every year and they hold it over in Half Moon Bay at the Ritz Carlton. Oh, so the, the, you know, the fancy hotel over there and they've got a golf course over there Nice. and they raise money every year for the junior giants. Mm -hmm. And, this year was the first first year that I actually got to play in the tournament instead of just sitting at the hole that we sponsor mm-hmm. and like saying hi to all the customers and like giving away our goodies. Mm-hmm. I actually got to play. And um you know, this unless you're super serious about golf, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. 
golf to me is just like a, a chance to hang out with with friends mm-hmm. or colleagues or whatever have a few drinks here and there mm-hmm. so that's basically how i approached <laughs> this golf thing yesterday and i was good paired up with my good uh buddy over at um the company that i that i service um his name is roger mm-hmm. and um i was like hey are, are you good at golf he's like no <laughs> so i was like okay so we're gonna have a good time out there basically yeah it's like yeah let's pick the best out of it yeah um so over at the uh, Half Moon Bay, um, the resort, they have a little, you know, they always have like a brew pub or some sort of restaurant at golf, at, um, you know, those um, golf courses. It's called Mullins. And, you know, most of those uh, those restaurants, they just have like, you know, the standard Stella, um, Guinness. Uh, I think the only, I get they shoots. They're still craft, right? Oh, I don't yeah. Know if they've sold oh, yeah. It. Okay. Up there in Oregon. They, so, yeah. yeah. They shoots. Fresh squeezed IPA on tap. So I had that while I was, you know, while we were getting ready to go out on on the course. Good choice. And, um, I just, thank. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's my my only choice, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, you know, we were having a good time. They had drinks out at every couple holes. And um, just a quick story I want to tell. <laughs> um, it's funny that we were talking about electric cars last week, and I mentioned that you know a golf cart is basically a, a smaller scale electric vehicle. Uh, my buddy Roger was driving the golf cart, and we maybe we were almost back to the clubhouse. We just finished our round, and he he thought he could make it over a hill. He wanted to take a shortcut, and um, we'd have we'd had a few drinks at this point, <laughs> and <laughs> he few, did huh? not see. He yeah, he did not see uh, uh, a bu- a bunker, a Uh-oh. sand trap over this hill. And like we went over this hill, we crested it, and we saw this little sand trap. He's like, I can make it, I can make it. And he just punched it. He didn't quite anticipate the 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 steepness of the hill coming out of the, the bunker. Oh no. And we ended up like almost not flipping over, but like we we the front of our vehicle went nose up straight in the air and we just went on our sides. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, we almost so, made it through ent- the entire round without, you know, ruining the course or a piece of equipment or the golf cart. But we we made it out alive, obviously. So, um, so no one was hurt. So it wasn't like a it wasn't a complete like on your head flip, right? It was no, on it wasn't okay. on our head. We weren't flipped over. We just like we went. We you know the front of the vehicle went up into the air, and we just like on our sides. Okay, all right. And uh, we we're like, oh god. <laughs> are you okay okay let's get out of the car and let's just flip this cart over before somebody sees us and of course like the marshals come out the people from the next hole over come over like hey are you okay are you okay and we're like yeah we're okay we're okay we flip the cart over we you know we rush back to the clubhouse with our heads down and yeah like whatever you know whatever stories you hear that's it's not all completely true <laughs> oh my god wait well, hey, you made it out um, you made it out one piece you're here today jay sounds like you yes. had a great time some fresh squeeze oh man hey fresh squeeze ipa yeah from day shoots awesome it was great event we raised a lot of money for the junior giants so uh yeah great day yesterday right on man right on well um a little bit more follow-up or just a quick thing to mention in terms of my beer drinking activity, I guess you can call it. Um, but before I do that, I just quickly, I just remembered, I don't want to forget him just because he is a great uh, listener and friend of the show, Brendan, uh, who provided our last couple of show beers. I did run into him today over at Cellar Maker, so I just want to give nice. Brendan a quick shout out. I knew he would be there. 
really <laughs> deep into the to the craft beer game, such as uh, same as ourselves, Jay. And uh, he picked up some cans and a growler fill as well. So hope you're enjoying uh, those Cellar Maker beers, Brendan. Great to see you. And nice. um, yeah, a little bit uh, before we get into some follow-up, I did want to mention and give a big shout out to Toronado as well and uh, wanted to wish them and their staff a very happy 30th anniversary. And those of you who are local around here, those of you who may not be aware from out of town, Toronado is a, a super well-known uh, beer bar, um, almost like a dive bar. I mean, they're very, they got that kind of that that dive look to them, but it, it you know, ton of personality. Not a dive bar. No. I mean, it's got the, that that look, but I would not. No, no, no. Yeah, let me, let me. Bar. Yeah, thank you, Jay. And that's why. Hey, that's why I have you as my co-host here. <laughs> I would not call it that in the sense of like this dingy uh, place no. where it's like you get what you know. You get a Miller Lite or a PBR on draft or whatever. Um, they have arguably the it's classy. Yeah, the best. Yeah, <laughs> real classy. It's uh, a classy dive bar. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they have arguably the best craft beer selection. Um, for sure it, you could i i say in san francisco you can even argue maybe even in the in the bay area um a lot of up and coming places so i guess there there probably would be some contenders to the throne nowadays but um 30 years you know 30 years and they've been you know really the the home or the gateway for tons of the um, classic breweries that came up and and established themselves and became popular here in the bay area sierra nevada Lagunitas, um, you know, just you can name name them all, and many of them actually came together with Toronado, and they actually um, brewed special release beers for the 30th anniversary, specifically for their anniversary for Toronado on draft at their location. Some of them were available in cans. Um, some of them, uh, you know, offer the cans or releases at at their uh, particular. Uh, establishments. Um, I don't want to spend too, too much on it. I do want to shout out just a couple of quick ones that are notable. Uh, the main release uh, really that I saw, the one that one of the ones with the most hype was actually from Russian River, uh, which was their 30th anniversary. I think it was their T30 or 30T. I believe I want to say it's T30. It was their obviously their anniversary. It was a wild ale from Russian River. That one had a ton of hype. That They, they bottled that one. Fieldwork did uh, a um, a double IPA release, which I heard a lot of great things about. I think it was Polly. I should have I should have had the name right in front of me, but um, you know, very very hyped, and they had terrific can art as well, which was actually the front of the bar um, in just kind of that Fieldwork style that they're becoming famous for in terms of their can art. So that one was awesome. Um, uh, Bear Bottle, one of the ones I, I got the opportunity to try. Shout out to Pecone. Um, he, uh, we, we split a growler last week. It was the Tornado dust and actually, um, kind of a play on their dust series. They've done Citra dust, uh, I think Simcoe, galaxy dust, galaxy, right. Um, they've been, they've been doing super well with those. Uh, the Tornado dust was, was really more of the same kind of that East coast, um, I guess inspired, very hazy, very turbid. Um, great, great flavor on that one. I, I, I really, really enjoy that one. Um, another can that got released was uh, Temescal, uh, and it was called, this one I know the name of, Your Favorite Jerks, and uh, just kind of referencing the classic kind of uh, attitude and, and spunk, if you will, of the Tornado um, uh, bar staff there, and uh, also very cool label. It was kind of the inside of the bar. The Fieldwork can was the the outside, but the uh, the um, 
the one from Temescal is like the inside of the bar. Very, very cool can art. And finally, I did want to shout out um, a selection from Lagunitas, and it's uh, a beer by the name of Super Critical. And I just want to kind of read the description here because I got to say, Jay, in terms of originality and just seeing and encountering a beer that I'd never encountered before, this one, uh, this may be one of the top three most unique beers that I've ever come across and I've ever had the chance hmm. to sample. Um, Super Critical is an ale brewed with cannabis terpenes or terpens. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, I want to say it's terpenes. So um, really quickly, the malts that were used were Canadian, or I guess one, Canadian two, or two, Canadian two row. The two threw me off there. Uh, hops were Summit, Simcoe, Columbus, Tomahawk, Mosaic, Zeus, and Amarillo. Whoa, what a, what a combination there. Wow. Terpenes, um, they were used in the aromatic molecules were used of the cannabis, so no THC. Um, so you'll definitely be able to pass uh, any drug tests that you may be taking after <laughs> sampling this. And a little blurb that uh, um, a big poster there that I took a screenshot of, which I'm reading off of now. And it said, with the help of our friends at Absolute Extracts, we pulled the terpenes from some of NorCal's finest cannabis, Sands THC, and brewed it with some of Yakima's finest hops. To get, together, it's like giving our brewers a whole new set of colors to paint with. So I just want to say, I did, I did have a pint of this, and it was amazing. And I just wanted to mention it kind of in two ways, I guess you could say. The first, of course, is just the uniqueness. And I've heard of, you know, basically weed-infused beer. Um, never have tried any of them. Some of them, I, I guess they do have the THC properties, and you drink it and get high or whatever it is. Obviously, this didn't have any of that there, but it, it had that aroma, and it had the aroma of the actual plant, and, and not necessarily um, like the smoke. It really... More. This is the second thing that I want to mention. It really reminded me of Lagunitas and who they are at their core. And we've talked a lot about them on the show. Uh, they are now 100% owned by Heineken, as a lot of you mm -hmm. know. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I was sitting there. I was there in Toronado. Um, I was there with, with my buddy Matt Picone. And uh, we saw it, and we were just like, whoa, that looks interesting. And my first thought was, oh, it's Lagunitas. And I, don't, I haven't really bought Lagunitas as of late, I think I may, I don't know, an IPA here and there, who knows, but it wouldn't be like my first go-to or my first choice in, in this type of a setting with so many other beers available there. But you know what I said? You know what? That looks really interesting. I'm going to give it a shot. And just being there and being somewhere where you could look up and look at tap handles from Lagunitas from the 90s and early 2000s and all these beers that I've never seen from Lagunitas, you know, and, and, and that were there at Toronado and just being part of that history and just knowing that regardless of where Lagunitas is at right now, that you, you got to respect them, you know, and you got to, and especially in that type of setting where, you know, they were, you know, Toronado is one of the first bars around, I'm sure, that carry their stuff actively and whatever their special releases were and all that. And again, beers I've never heard of. Um, just being in that setting, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. And it just kind of, I really got kind of transported back to that initial feeling that I had about Lagunitas when I first tried their beer back in, I don't know, 2012-ish and, and fell in love with craft beer. And it was just kind of, again, it was one of those things that reminded me in, in a different way about kind of that, I guess that gray area when it comes to this and just, you know, everything not being so black and white in that sense of, of these, of these breweries being bought out. 
Um, and yeah. I kind of just made the, made an exception. I kind of just said to myself, hey, you know, I'm at Toronado. It's the 30th anniversary. It wasn't the actual 30th anniversary. It was just kind of a day before um, a couple weeks ago. But um, anyway, it was really cool before I start rambling for too long. Awesome beer. I don't know if they're going to release it, uh, you know, more widespread or bottle it or what. I don't know. I would assume not considering the way that it was made. Um, but just in terms of uniqueness through the roof, it was it was, it was was amazing. Um I did not make it to the big grand celebration, which was this past Saturday. It was their big 30th anniversary. Um, but just looking online and, and seeing absolutely packed house, they had everything, I guess, the, the, the all the recent stuff on draft. Um, everyone that I, I've talked to or seen online that did attend or knew people who attended said it was, it was awesome. Um, so anyway, big, big congratulations and happy 30th anniversary to Toronado. And no, it is not a dive bar. Thank you very much for correcting me, Jay. It just has a lot of character and a lot of history. Yeah, it's it's. You, if you walk in, it looks like a dive bar. I love Tornado. I love Tornado. I've only been there like a handful of times, but um, just every time I go there, they've got an amazing tap list. Absolutely. Just all these crazy beers that you can't get anywhere else on draft. And I had no idea that they were. They've been around for thirty years. Yeah. Um, I love Tornado. I don't. I'm sure you know, but Toronado has a San Diego location. Yep. I'm I'm from San Diego and it's just awesome that they have a San Francisco and a San Diego location. Yep. And uh the one up here, I love that they're right next to have you been to Rosa Monday? Rosa Yes. I think that's how yes. Great yes. great sausages. Yeah. Great sausages. Oh, yeah. And they let you you can order you can order at Rosa Monday and then you can go to Toronado and they'll bring it yes, to you. Yes. Which is freaking <laughs> awesome. That's great. So that's, you know, happy 30th birthday to Toronado. Yes. Another 30 years. And um, yeah. So we got a bunch of follow up. Um, tell us about Anchor Brewing. So big news in the beer world, uh, local, I would even say United States beer world at this point. Um, Anchor, yeah. yeah, Anchor actually sold to Sapporo, a really large uh, Japanese uh, beer company. They own a very sizable, uh, significant portfolio of, of Japanese beers. And they, they yeah, they completely sold to them. Um, it's re- first reaction that I had, Jay, was it was just really, it was really sad to see a longstanding institution uh, such as Anchor Steam. It really is a San, San Francisco original um i've actually read and heard that it is the i guess the only craft brewery still in existence no no let me rephrase that i've actually heard it stated that it was the first craft brewery in the country okay i think it's something to that extent like they or some they were in the original building since like the 1800s they've been around for freaking ever absolutely and it just yeah you know just to kind of them to them to sell out i mean and it isn't AB InBev, right? It isn't, um, you know, any of the other companies Our that favorite we've heard of. brewery yeah. to hate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's still, you know, you still got to kind of look back and look at it with nostalgia. And, you know, it's kind of like speakeasy in a lot of ways in that uh, they're San Francisco based. They, they kind of always, to me at least, seem like a brewery or a brand of beer, especially the Anchor Steam, that's just really iconic. You just kind of see it everywhere. It's always available. Yeah. And you yeah. never you always kind of envision them being here and being San Francisco based and independent or whatever. I think they were, they were purchased in 2010 by a, some kind of a company of some sort. So I don't know about the independent factor. So somebody can correct me on that tweet at me or whatever, but 
um, yeah, just just kind of uh, again that nostalgia there. But I, I'm gonna kind of say this in the same breath and say that I'm not losing any sleep over it because, to be quite honest with you and completely completely honest, I can't say that I drink very much Anchor Steam. <laughs> you know what? My thought on this was like. You know, they were saying that, like, oh, there's difficult market conditions, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, you know, respect to Anchor Steam, but to be honest, have they kept up with the times? I would say no. No, no. Um, the, only thing, the only thing that I would seek out was their Christmas ale. They do a Christmas ale every year. They sell it in those big... I don't know what size those yes. those things they're like are. Mag- they're like magnums, right? Yeah, there you go, magnums. Yeah. Like I would look forward to that. I brought that to a Christmas party one year. You know, San Francisco, yeah. big big bottle of beer. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, I haven't seen anything interesting from them. I would see, I would always see Anchor Steam in the store, but I would never, nothing would would push me to buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they're just like too steeped in tradition to maybe like, you know look at mm-hmm. IPAs or, you know, these, these Northeast style IPAs, but you know, you know, and I that's, mean, yeah, I mean, that's they're the not going to go away. Go you know, Sapporo. Yeah. Sapporo is going to buy them. So they're still going to continue on, but I, I feel like they could have done a lot more than just producing anchor steam. Oh yeah. No. And, and, and that obviously isn't their only beer. I mean, they have Liber- no, yeah. Liberty Ale, which I've seen a lot talked about as one of the original, American pale ales or even American, I, I think it may even be considered an IPA technically. Um, and yeah, you know, they have other stuff. Obviously, the Christmas ale is very, very well known. I mean, you can't walk into BevMo in this area around Christmas time and not see the full right. display and the magnums and the six packs, et cetera, et cetera. But I uh, 100% agree with what you just said, Jay. I mean, that the, the, they haven't kept up with the times, just to be quite honest and, and quite frank. And they've tried. I do want to just quickly say that. I mean, a few years ago, I'd say probably it's been about three, four years, they came out with, I believe it's just called Anchor IPA, which was very much an East Coast, but like not an East, not like a Northeast, what we've been drinking. It's like a older kind of East Coast, almost like an English style IPA. And hmm. to me, it was just like, like thumbs down. Oh. I, I just, I did not like it at all personally. But I was really impressed with their uh, Go West IPA, which came out, I think, a year or two ago. And I picked uh, up a six-pack like at 7-Eleven or something on the on a whim. Just one. 7-Eleven? Like, oh, yeah. 7-Eleven has a much better <laughs> beer selection nowadays. Let me tell okay. you. They do. They do. It's, right. it's crazy compared to how it used to be. Let me just tell you. I love 7-Eleven, especially the one around the corner from my parents' house. So <laughs> anyway... Um, I think they tried, but it was just it wasn't enough. They 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 weren't innovating yeah. as much as they should have, and and they kind of stuck to their roots and what their bread and butter was. And you know, we'll see what Sapporo does. We'll see if they continue that moving forward. Best best wishes to them. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and just wanted to quickly mention it, just because you know San Francisco, and uh, mm-hmm. and I wonder how the partnership with the Giants is going to go. Just kind of thinking out loud, and uh, you know they've been partnering with them for many years, and they they. Um, they brand their uh, twelve packs. I'm sure you've seen Jay with with uh, Giants colors and things of that sort. So anyway, wonder how that will go. But uh, before we get into today's show beer, I just briefly wanted to mention another uh, bit of beer news. 
Funky Buddha Brewery from Florida actually sold to none other than Constellation Brands, which purchased Ballast Point in 2015 for a cool billion. So this is just a, a quick mention here and one of the things to keep an eye on because to me and based on my research, this is the only time that I've seen, excuse me, the only other brewery or local craft brewery that I've seen Constellation acquire since Ballast Point. So is this a trend? Are they going to continue to do this? Are they going to be the next AB InBev? We'll have to wait and see and remain vigilant. And uh, vigilant, vigilant. I need a beer. Um, vigilant. Yes. Thank you, Jay. Gosh, it's beer o'clock. All right. <laughs> it is definitely beer o'clock. So uh, why don't you tell us about our show beer this week? Mine's uh, getting some condensation. I think we should crack it. It's time to right crack. Away. Yes. Yeah, man. I need this. It's been. It's only Tuesday, but I need a beer. Oh man, it is well overdue. I had a relatively rough Tuesday, waiting in line for a couple hours. So um, I've been looking at the growler that I got at Cellar Maker and kind of staring at it and wanting to open it. So <laughs> this is definitely gonna have to do. And I'm not Ooh, disappointed oh, in this wow. at all because this is. This looks like it's gonna be a winner here. Let me just talk to you about Track Sevens. Another beer in the hall, double IPA. It is a Northeast-inspired double India Pale Ale. Um, track 7, of course, out of Sacramento, California. We've talked about them quite a bit on the show. This clocks in at 8.8 uh, for the ABV, and the IBUs come in at 47. So it looks like uh, to be a very soft, traditional-style mm -hmm. double IPA in the uh, New England or Northeast style. Quick bit of background on this um, while we take a look at it. It looks, by the way, it looks beautiful, like a coppery, yeah. um, orange color. It's more, yeah, more on the orange side, less on the yellow side that we've seen on other Northeast style. Yes. Um, looks, It looks would, great. Very, very super hazy, very opaque. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, can't, you can't really see through it at all. Nope. Um, good amount of head on there. Uh, on the yeah, initial really pour. Good. Oh yeah, it it just it jumps out of the can. I mean, this one is. I get dankness. Yeah, dankness. I get some. I get a, a little, little bit, bit of, of um. Yeah, I get I get some mango and papaya on there. Some dankness definitely coming in. Um, just kind. I get some. I'm not gonna say regular orange. I'm gonna say candied orange. Thank you very much. Candied. I've never yes. had candied orange. Yes. What is that? You know what those remind me of? These the Altoids used to make these little tins, and they used to put the they they weren't mints. Obviously, uh -huh. they were they were, but they had like fruit flavors. Oh. I haven't oh, wait, seen okay. them. Do you remember those? I've, I've not not orange, but like the red whatever red flavored cherry flavored. But I've seen like candied instead of like the the normal like you know the the chalky mint. The strong mints yeah. that they make. Yeah. No, it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, great, great aroma on this. I'm getting, getting good, those, yeah. that, those tropical fruits as well. And before I get into the history on this, we need a drink, Jay. Let's let's raise one here. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, man. It's been way too long. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hmm. Hmm. Very smooth. Good mouthfeel. Very smooth. Mouthfeel is very substantial. I'm going to be honest. First thing that I get, um, I'm going to I'm just be flat out here. Uh, it is a bit hot for me. You can taste 8.8 for, yeah. per, for me personally. Um, but it isn't off-putting. It isn't overpowering. It's definitely fairly well hidden. 
and um, I'm definitely getting the the fruits coming in. They're not super bright, they're not super pronounced, but I do think that they're pretty well mm-hmm. balanced overall. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the tropical fruit, the candied orange there, the definitely the uh, the taste follows the the smell, and you get a, a, a pleasant pop of bitterness on the finish there. But um, I'm definitely, I, I think right off the bat that the bitterness level being 47 does affect the overall finish because the 8.8, the hotness of the ABV, is coming in a little bit too strong for me on the finish there. It's funny because for you, uh, the smell, the taste falls the smell. For me, it, it really doesn't because um, it says Northeast inspired. Okay, whatever. Um, but that kind of sold me as like, okay, it's going to be Northeast style. Um, the smell definitely jumped out. But when I, yeah, when, when I tasted it, it, it's very hot. You can, for me, I can get, I I can taste alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's, I would say Northeast inspired is not a fair description. It kind of sold me the wrong way, but no, it's, it's, yeah, no, no. But if I didn't read that, I think, um. I see it's, what you're it's, saying. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good. No, no, no. Definitely, definitely. I think it's okay. Well, here's okay. And this is funny. It's all marketing, right? It's all the terminology. It's the wording they use. I think inspired is actually a good way of putting it. Okay. Because okay. yeah, I'll tell you why. Because and they do that for all their beers, by the way. So I'm just saying, maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe some of them they say northeast flat out, and other ones they say northeast inspired. Who knows? But to me, calling this inspired means that there's kind of that degree of separation where it's not quite a northeast or new england but it's it's got it's those like, characteristics like a, there yeah it's kind of all it's, it's kind of it, almost there it's got the mouthfeel of a northeast for sure it's not um it goes down pretty smooth mm-hmm. but in terms of the taste it's not for me i don't know mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. it doesn't come off as a northeast yeah style yeah. um well but it's def if, if, if you want to call it like a like a you know their take on a northeast or like mm-hmm. a yeah west coast meets northeast then yeah well let me okay let, let me put it this way jay so first of all we tracked we've spoken about track seven quite a bit on the show um i've sampled a few of their beers i know you have jay um the the first one that comes to mind which is absolutely a northeast or new england style and they absolutely nailed it and it's one of it's one of the best um Northern California beers that I've had in the definitely this year in the past I'd say two three years even is their um, Sucka Hop, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. which is which is a can that 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 I had you sample Jay we've talked mm-hmm. about on the show and that if you look at it and you taste it they just they nail that style with that with that beer okay now granted this that is a single IPA and this is a double IPA so there's di- certain different characteristics at play but. First and foremost, the appearance, the haziness, kind of that, um, kind of that milky haziness that you get with something like that, and just kind of the overall smoothness, well hidden um, ABV, and the really bright tropical citrus. Suck a hop just nails it. So yeah, so, so I, I would yeah. So I, I see what you're saying, Jay, because this doesn't quite have all of that going on with it. Um, it's definitely a lighter, more transparent appearance to it um it's definitely more assertive and it's just it's really interesting to me just tasting it's really to me it's it's um just again just very interesting that that the ibu level is at that is at that level 47 relatively low but i'm definitely getting bitterness which i think is just kind of a combination of that with the with a little bit of that alcohol burn 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's the eight point eight definitely comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the forty seven, it doesn't taste that. It does. It doesn't reflect for me yeah. the bitterness. No, I, I, totally. I, would, I feel like it's higher than that. But yeah, you know, totally. whatever. <laughs> well, let me as we're tasting this and kind of formulating our thoughts. Let me just give you a little bit of background here. Um, another kind of congratulations or, or something to, to kind of point out here is, and I do want to say that this was brewed in honor of the beer hall's fourth anniversary. And the beer hall is actually a tap room. Um, yes, 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 yes. Round of applause for the beer hall. They, they have a very special place in, in my heart. Uh, they're located. Oh, yeah. Yep. Located in San Francisco. They're actually on Polk, essentially Polk and, and market street. Um, little tech reference here, if you're familiar where the tw- where Twitter headquarters is, headquarters is, it's right across Market Street. And um, if you go, if you hop on Polk, it's right there, almost on the corner. Um, and uh, obviously, they opened four years ago. And the reason why they or that establishment holds a really special place in my heart is because my fiance. Uh, before I guess when they opened, now my wife, of course, um, when they opened, she was living almost right next door to them um, in an apartment complex Hmm. right there. I mean, when I say almost next door, I mean like 10 steps away. Um, So she she was very close to, yeah, she was very close to moving in with me. It was pretty much, you know, just inevitable at that time in the sense that it was, I guess, I don't know, I think they were open probably, probably like less than six months when she was still living there, you know, and I just remember them opening up and us, checking it out and first thing we said to ourselves was oh my god why why didn't they open sooner um you know why didn't they open x <laughs> amount of years i mean she moved in there I believe in she, 2000 right. yeah i want to say 2008 or 2009 so it's kind of just like oh now she's leaving we're not going to be around that much darn so um but no they got they have a great staff they're actually the can art here um their owner i should have i should have caught his name I, it's it's not coming to mind right now but it is it is actually a cartoon of him kind of juggling everything, all his responsibilities there at the beer hall. And, you know, if you look at it, it's really cool, really, really cool can art. Track 7 has really been killing it lately. And um, I do want to point, I do want to shout out a a certain person over there, longtime member of their staff, um, core uh, person over there, a gentleman by the name of Jimmy. And uh, he's just really good people. Um, every time I go in there, it's, it's just he and the rest of the staff are just very welcoming. They will give you a sample right away. Just a really chill environment. Um, they're they're just a, a great great place to visit. Always have an awesome tap list, and obviously they have Track Seven cans whenever they're available. And they've just kind of built up a great relationship with them. And you know they decided to uh, brew this in, in celebration of their anniversary. And, um, I look forward to, uh, continuing to, uh, be a patron there, uh, for the future. I hope I wish them nothing the best and, and I look forward to more collaborations between them and, and picking up more cans at their location. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's cool that, uh, you, you have some history with uh, track seven over there. And I, um, and I took my engagement pictures there or some of my engagement pictures there, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, even more so. So special place in your heart. Oh that's, yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, but um, yeah. Overall, really interesting beer. Um, uh, you know, again, I I I I'm, I absolutely hear what you're saying, Jay. The New England or the Northeast style. It's I think it's there, but it's there kind of faintly with this. 
yeah yeah i mean we're gonna talk about this later um at the end of the show but like let's 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 enjoy this beer let's let's drink it down um so nick Moving on to our next topic, why don't you tell me about your reach, recent purchases that you've made? Well, I I purchased one item. The other okay. The other item, I just kind of out of luck was able to, I guess you could say, acquire. But I do <laughs> new gadgets. Tell me about your new gadgets. New gadget alert. So yes, <laughs> I for myself, what I did purchase, I did actually recently add a uh, first gen. Those of you who listened way back to our I don't know, fourth or fifth step, fourth or fifth know. step, something like that, yeah. sixth, I don't know, something like that. Um, know that I have had a um, an iPad 12.9 inch, first generation, loved it by the way, and recently was able to go ahead and sell it for a pretty good price on eBay as I do all my gadgets. I've been really considering turning to Craigslist because I've heard you, know, you can get a little bit more off of Craigslist. Jay shaking his head. <laughs> There's some weird people on Craigslist. Yeah, that's why every time it's funny. Every time I think to do it, that's exactly my first thought. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> no, 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 I'm just gonna go with eBay. It's nice and There's easy. Some weird people on Craigslist. Yeah, no, forget that. Exactly, exactly. So I figure, hey, I'm gonna take a little bit of a hit. You know, eBay fees, whatever. But at least I just have that peace of mind. I don't have to, you know, meet a random person at a weird right. McDonald's in a parking lot yeah, and look over my <laughs> shoulder. Yeah. Anyway, so um. <laughs> I did go ahead and purchase the second generation, the latest model of the 12.9. Uh, I okay, went with, right. yeah, I went with, I, I normally just for my personal, I just always do Wi Fi. I just figure, hey, if I really yeah. need the internet, I'll just tether whatever. Um, now, sure, yeah. which I wasn't able to do before with my grandfathered limited plan, Jay, by the way. <sighs> Thank you. You you did you did sway me towards that. So you're welcome. <laughs> so I went with the 256, which is was at the same price nice. point as the 128 was, which I previously had, which was a nice little bump wow. there. And um, so I did do I did get that, and then right around that same time frame, just kind of the I guess the easiest way to put it is the stars aligned. And I had a, I previously had a 9.7 first generation iPad Pro, and again the stars aligned, and I was able to actually, I guess you could call it, trade that in for the 10.5 um, iPad Pro, nice. also 256. That one through my work was actually cellular equipped on the great, oh. yeah, on the on the great network that is Sprint. I'm being sarcastic, oh. by the way. I know, yeah. <laughs> They've gotten better though. They've gotten better. They're a lot better now. So. Yeah, yeah, they're getting there. They're getting there. And I've been <laughs> believe me, through my work and my 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 work cell phone provided to me by my work is also also Sprint. So I've had Sprint, Sprint really okay. concurrently and I think I think we even talked about this a little bit on that on that show where we talked about our our phones and all that. Um I've had Sprint for now over I've had, okay, I'll put you guys this way. I've had Sprint since I had Sprint I had Nextel, okay? And then it, Whoosh. yeah. And then okay. Sprint bought them. <laughs> you're, you're you're aging yourself. Yes, you're dating yourself. absolutely. I really I have a really soft spot for Nextels. By the way, a little chirp. Used to love that thing. Doot doot. Where are you at? Okay. So um, so yeah, I have both new iPads, and I just wanted to give my thoughts on them briefly uh, before getting into a little bit of um, I wouldn't call it a debate, but just kind of a, a little interesting tidbit or item that Jay and I have been discussing on and off for the past few weeks. Go ahead, Jay. Um, okay, you have a new 12.9 and a new 10.5. Yes. Okay, 12.9 didn't really change much from the first to the second generation. So 
just give us your brief thoughts on that. I want to hear honestly more about the 10.5 because the 10.5 was more of a, a bigger change from, yes. you know, the 9.7 is no longer, it doesn't exist. And the 10.5 has a bunch of new features. Um, I want to hear more about the 10.5, but tell me yeah. about your 12.9. Yeah, no, I, I, first and foremost, let me just say this. First thing that you said is, is absolutely true. At first glance, the 12.9 jump from the first generation to the second generation doesn't seem significant. I'm here to okay. I'm here to tell everyone that is on the fence or considering it that does have a first generation 12.9, go for it. Do oh, it. Go for it. Okay. Yes, do it. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Why? Two reasons. Why? Number one, processor, A10X, beast. It is an absolute beast. It is All a right. huge jump from the A, A9X. Worth it for, and see that's I don't want to say worth it. Worth it for me for that alone, just because I don't know okay. I'm, I'm a little bit sick in the head. But performance <laughs> upgrade a little, it's still, <laughs> just a tad. Performance upgrade is is to me is huge. Um, still four gigs of RAM, so that hasn't increased. Would have been nice. Oh well, next one, whatever. Um, but processor wise, I mean, just and and let me okay. Second thing, the ProMotion screen. So those of you who listened uh, tuned into our WWDC special. Uh, will remember or even just been keeping up. Uh, the big feature on both iPads this year is the 120, 120 megahertz. I think it's megahertz, not gigahertz, right? Megahertz. Ref- no, it's hertz. Hertz, hertz. not megahertz. Gosh, megahertz. So it's on the 12.9? I thought it was only on the new it's on, uh, 10.5. It's on, it's on the 12.9? Both. It's on both? Yes, oh, yes sir. Wow. Yes. I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know so, that. Basically, what it what ProMotion does, everyone, is it's it's it actually dynamically adjusts the refresh rate depending on whatever interactions right. that you right. happen yeah, yeah, to yeah. use your screen for. For example, uh, you'll be at thirty hertz for like a movie or something like that, which is standard, and it doesn't really pay off. And then you you know you you increase that, and some of you have heard of like the soap opera effect on your TVs. If you go to like Costco or something and you see every, like a movie and it looks like a soap opera, that's what having too much of that of the Hertz is, right? God, that sounded really scientific, right, Jay? So um, <laughs> too much of the Hertz. Okay, so too much of the Hertz. Too much of the Hertz. So what ProMotion does is it adjusts it automatically, uh, dynamically, if you will, and it actually increases it in, during certain interactions, namely interacting with right. the screen and tapping on um, icons to launch applications, multitasking, scrolling. It's done with extreme uh, smoothness and fluidity. Um, you can instantly tell if you have like the old screen or the old ipad side by side or something that doesn't have it you can just tell right away um it just makes it so much smoother so much more fluid uh it, some people have compared it to the jump from non-retina to retina screens I, yeah i wouldn't go that far let's okay just, okay yeah, I, that, no, 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 I was gonna no, no. ask you let's that just, and, and pe- people have been saying like oh it's just as just as drastic just as good as this the jump from no. s- whatever standard no. retina to no to 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 the, the four yeah i would not i i play with it in apple store no absolutely not no. no let's just keep it real um and it's funny because jay and i also if you listen to previous shows i believe it was the show after the wwdc one where we mentioned that we did attend the talk show live with Craig, yeah, Craig yeah. Federighi and Phil Schiller, who joined John Gruber over at the San Jose, whatever that place was called, Jay. You should know this. You live there. Cal- California yes, Theater. Yes, thank you. And um, Jay will remember that I got very excited. I, I almost got giddy, almost school ch- schoolboy-like. He, he almost jumped out of his seat. It was crazy. Jay had a, <laughs> he had to like 
hold me down and just say, Nick, just it's gonna be okay. Like, hey, just be right, cool. Yeah, just, just be, be cool, bro. Be, be cool, cool, man. man. No, it, <laughs> and 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 it was. I think. Okay, let me just say this. I think that Apple has put a little bit too much on it, to be quite honest. And 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 on one hand, it's like using it, like you said, Jay. It's like, okay, this it's is cool. nice. I notice it's it. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's a difference. Yeah. It's an increase. Yeah. Cool. You know, is it? And again, it's. I don't know if they themselves said it or a reviewer said it, but again, that kind of that hype built and it turned into, oh, it's just as big as the jump from non-retina to retina. No, not it is in not. My, it isn't. No, absolutely not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Nope. But. So here's it's nice to have. It's nice to have. And and let me just say this. ProMotion in combination with the with the processor upgrade oh, makes yeah. it and again, this is what Apple's known for, right? Is the big picture, is the entire experience. That makes it worth it because using it with the new processor, everything's that much faster, much more fluid. Just you know, every time you touch the screen, it's. Ex- I mean, I don't use the the Apple Pencil too too much. I haven't actually even tried it with with my new iPads yet. Huh. But okay. Um, okay. that also increased. I mean, it's down to four milliseconds from nine or something like that. Um, but yeah, just just those upgrades in terms of the usability for somebody who uses an iPad every single day and relies on it for a lot of, you know, whatever it may be, you know, whether it's just using it day to day, like email browsing. uh, But if you use it with any sort of regularity, like someone like me does, it's absolutely worth the upgrade. So I just wanted to quickly just say that in general. Let's talk about the 10.5. The 10.5, I have it right here, yes. right next to me. And nice. like Jay said, it is the the biggest change, really, when you look at the 9.7. And a lot of that comes from the increase from the 9.7 screen to the 10.5. Um, on paper, and be just saying it, it's a 9.7 screen, and it's jumping to a 10.5 screen. Not that big of a difference. Let me tell you again. As somebody who uses their iPad very regularly and actually for work purposes used a 9.7 pretty, you know, I wouldn't say it was as much as my 10.12, excuse me, my 12.9 in general, but often enough, the increased screen real estate is is noticeable. You can, it's, you know, it. it okay. Yeah, it, it, it obviously it's it's bigger, right? I think I was quoted as twenty percent bigger, whatever the do the math, if you will. Yeah, yeah, if you do the math. Yeah, but it gives you just a little bit more room to work with there. Um, it gives the iPad overall a much better look, in my opinion. Those bezels are shrunk on the sides oh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know the the, the icons are still kind of set up similar similarly, but it doesn't the screen and all the um, screen elements don't feel as cramped. As they normally do with with the 9.7, in my opinion, and especially using the 12.9 as much, it's definitely it definitely closes the gap between the 9.7 and the 12.5 that the 10.5 does. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so go ahead. No, no, no. I because I'm I'm most interested in the 10.5. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I looked at the 12.9 in the store and I just, I just can't, it's just, it's just way yeah. too big. Mm-hmm. 10.5 for me is like the perfect size for, for an iPad. So what is your preferred? Yes. I, this guy has two iPads. Come on now. <laughs> Which one is your, your, your go-to iPad? Which one do you like to use most? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, and this has been said too, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of repeat it. If you read any of the reviews, it, it, it is absolutely true. The 10.5 is the best iPad for the most people out there. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. You're still my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hands down. Hands down. It is. It's the 12.9 is ridiculous. It's portable. 
Uh, it's a great size, yeah, especially yeah. with that extra yeah. screen real estate. It gives it makes it that much better. Does that make sense? Right. Um, I've heard no, no, I've heard that. I've heard pound that. for pound, and and it's kind of like okay, if you were on the fence before and you looked at the nine seven and the twelve nine and were like, you know, I want kind of something more in the middle. This is it. This is it because it's barely bigger. It weighs the same, by the way, as a nine point seven, okay. which is like okay. Apple, right? That's, that's um, crazy. Yeah, it's barely bigger. And let me also say that the I have the smart keyboard on this as well. And let me just tell you, Jay, the smart keyboard from the ten point five to the nine point seven, world of difference, world of how, difference. How, and it's just how it's it's bigger. Isn't it's it the slight, same? No, no, no. It's slightly bigger. It's slightly bigger because the 10.5 is slightly bigger than the 9.7. So the smart keyboard, in order to fit it, oh, got yeah, it, got it, got it, it. it. obviously it's going to, you know, it's a little bit bigger. But just that little bit of bigger size on the 10.5 smart keyboard versus versus the 9.7 world of Jay, it's it's incredible actually. So if you use, so, so go ahead. So it feels like a feels like a normal like standard keyboard, almost. And let me just Almost. say this from using the 10.5 and the 12.9, just kind of interchanging. So really quick, the 9.7, it was it was noticeably, it was so cramped that I couldn't use it for any exper- extended period of time. My fingers mm, would cramp okay. up. It was just too, I mean, you could, you, can, you could do it if you had to. But in terms of comfort, forget it. I'm, I'm grabbing my 12.9. If I'm doing anything with any kind of length, I can't. I can't use the nine point seven. Period. The ten point five. But now, but now with the ten point five, it is okay. Just a notch below the twelve point five. It is so much more comfortable than the nine seven. It's it's just like you can't even compare the two. Um, so I would also say if you use the smart keyboard with any regularity, if you rely on it, if you just have it attached at all times, like like I do, it's it's worth it for that as well. Because it's just it's, it's night and day. Uh, the twelve point nine okay. pound for pound is going to be the most spacious, obviously, and the most comfortable right. for that reason. Yeah. But the twelve point five, excuse me, the ten point five isn't far behind. So in terms of the smart keyboard, it's 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 absolutely great. So yeah. So getting back to your to your question, Jay, ten point five, I would recommend it. Anyone out there, anyone that doesn't have an iPad is kind of thinking about it. This is the <sighs> one to get. The ten point five, they they nailed it with this in terms of pound for pound. The best iPad. I highly recommend it if you're considering it. it. It's it's awesome. Now, let me just also say, really quick, that for me personally, if I were to have to pick one, I would go with the 12.9. And oh, why? The reason for that. <laughs> the reason for that is me personally. Yes, it is unwieldy. Yes, it is a lunch tray. You can't take yeah. it as many places. It's not as portable. It's heavier. Yada yada yada. For me personally, I have been spoiled by the size of the 12.9 screen. It gives you what it this this is what it does everyone for if you're not familiar. It gives you in the terms of split screen multitasking, it gives you essentially two full 9.7 iPad mm. interfaces vertical mm-hmm. side by side. Okay? Full all the elements, it's just they're they're completely full, okay? And what I mean by that is, is that if you split screen multitask with the 10.5, you actually get kind of like um, blown up iPhone interfaces. So if oh. you notice screen certain uh, screen elements and navigation elements and compare them to the iPad from the iPad to the iPhone, you'll notice that there are some pretty significant differences. Okay. Yeah. And that, to be quite honest, it makes it in, in a lot of scenarios very cramped. So if you're 
the way of putting it is is if you rely on the 12 point or excuse me if you rely on an iPad for any type of serious work for extended periods of time the 12.9 is is the better machine for you if you don't really care about the portability factor go with the 12.9 once you get used to that size of the screen you get spoiled um, it to me I prefer it overall pound for pound it it outweighs and it trumps the portability aspect so me personally I go with the 12.9 but if you're considering any kind of iPad in general you're not too much on either side go for the 10.5 okay so what about um so i've i've i took the dive and i installed ios 11 mm -hmm. onto my phone yeah. and you actually and, and you influenced me jay you're such a bad yeah, influence rumor, man yeah rumor has it that you've installed ios 11 the beta onto one of your ipads so which one did you install it onto and and what are your thoughts on iOS 11 on the iPad. First of all, Jay, I cannot believe I listened to you. You're the worst <laughs> influence ever. I think you were trying. This to guy was like, "Should I? Should I do it? Should I do it?" I said, like, "Just to do it. It's 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 already. It's almost it's almost September. We're halfway through August. Just do it. it it's 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 fine." Jay, you know what? You, you know what? Be fine. Peer pressure is bad. Okay, they taught me that back in fifth grade. <laughs> you were doing it. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was actually <laughs> the best recommendation ever. Um, I did listen to Jay. I asked him. I was a little bit hesitant. I've never installed a beta on an iOS device ever actually for the record. I'm always just like, wow. it's going to get bricked. It's going to something. I've, I've read too many horror stories basically. Um, but I listened to Jay. It was actually an amazing seamless. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing, it was an amazing idea. iOS 11 for the iPad. It is, it's not quite a brand new iPad, but it's close. And for those wow. of you that aren't too, too aware of it, it dramatically, um, overhauls the the interface. It adds a dock, so it's kind of uh, Mac OS like in terms of the dock. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the the multitasking is tremendously improved. Uh, you can have like three different uh, apps on screen at once. Uh, the fluidity is just the animations are, 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 are uh, overhauled, super super fluid, especially on the new, obviously on the new hardware. Um, yeah. It just it really it goes a long way it doesn't completely bridge the gap by the way but it goes a long way towards bridging that gap between ios and ipad and you know mac os or a laptop okay uh which is a a pretty it's still a debate that is that is going on right jay i mean yeah. you know we have uh you know tech bloggers out there which uh shall remain nameless uh <coughs> topolsky <coughs> call them out yeah. call them out Josh Topolsky, a big fan of his, by the way, because you know what? Uh, followed him since uh, the end gadget days, right, Jay? To The Verge, he was editor-in-chief over there. He's a knowledgeable guy. Um, you know, a lot of respect for him. He's, um, I always used to enjoy his, um, his review videos, remember, on, on end gadget and, uh, and The Verge. Jay's like, I, Jay's like hell no. I, I'm not a fan anymore <laughs> at all. He was cool. He was very good on Engadget and The Verge, but this new venture that he's doing, I I don't care about him at all. Oh yeah, his, he's whack. Oh yeah, he's whack in my book. He's he's whack. <laughs> he's whack in my book. I don't like him anymore. Hey hey, I'm I'm yeah. I don't know if I if I you know if I have another one of these um another beer no. in the halls. Yeah, I'd probably be a little bit harsher on him too. All I need <laughs> is all I need is one. He's whack. But anyways, okay. What what did he say about uh? 
Well, he uh, went on the iPad. He went on Twitter, and this happened. I don't know a few weeks back, right, Jay? But like a month or so ago, maybe maybe even two months. Like time flies. That, that this is when I started unfollowing. Him. <laughs> that, okay. You're like, I don't know what he's done since then, or what he said since then. Yeah. So um, yeah. I'll just I'll just read a couple of his tweets here. Yeah. Yeah. Couple of tweets about the new iPad and iOS 11, and he was running iOS 11. I didn't, Jay. I did not catch that until right now. He made these comments oh. running iOS 11. I thought he was still on iOS in, 10. It's 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 a beta. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. But still, it's like, come on. Anyway, it is inferior to a laptop in almost every way, unless you like to draw. If you think you can replace your laptop with this setup, you cannot imagine a computer. But everything works worse than you would expect. But this doesn't come close, all caps, to replacing your laptop, even for simple things you do like email. And one other thing, Apple's keyboard cover is a effing atrocity, a terrible piece of hardware, awkward to use, poor as a cover, okay in a pinch if you need something like a keyboard. So, yeah. <laughs> you can go first. You can go first. I will, I, I, yeah, so, I will save it. So, okay. First of all, that's his opinion. And he's entitled to his opinion. But now rereading this, I'm starting to get that fire from uh, (laughs) fire emoji from uh, Jay and I's previous conversations on this topic. And especially realizing, which I didn't realize at first, that he was already on iOS 11 and had access to these features that I just mentioned that really make the iPad a lot more laptop-like, if you will. It's just, you know, first of all, these are blanket statements. Um, He's saying these statements in kind of absolute terms. Um, he's not making any concessions to people that have certain needs um, that may not have the same needs as him, I guess is the better way of putting it. And he's completing, he's completely writing the iPad off. I mean, he's not, he, he basically does not give it any credit. The most credit looks like he gives it is, is he says the smart keyboard is okay in a pinch, um, which I disagree with, especially on the 12.9. But um, it's just, you know, it's kind of, this is what, what I said initially to Jay is that I, I said to him, I said, I couldn't, reading this, I couldn't believe that a, that a tech blogger or enthusiast or somebody that is knowledgeable about these types of things, the things that we talk a lot about on the show, would make these kinds of statements having used the iPad for any kind of extended period of time. Because if you have used it for an extended period of time, you would know that you these state again, these are his opinion. Um, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that they're untrue, but I am going to say absolutely that they do not apply to every single person out there. He's making these statements like, hey, if you need it for whatever your needs are, don't even consider an iPad. I mean, that's just so short-sighted. It's just so like, like, what year is this? Like, are you like, what planet are you? It's just, ah, take over, Jay, take over. Okay. So Josh Topolsky, he used to write for Engadget, was editor-in-chief of The Verge. And now he's doing this website called, what is it even freaking called? The Outline? Yeah, something like that. Um, This guy is just saying this BS for clicks because no mm. one is going to his stupid website. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I've got most of this... <laughs> Another beer hall in me. <laughs> I'm calling out Josh Topolsky. This guy is whack. <laughs> no one goes to his website. I've seen, uh, I, I have a good, healthy, like Twitter f- 
um, I follow a lot of good people on Twitter. They've got like good opinions, like a healthy mix of, you know, tech bloggers, uh, podcasters, just people who have good taste overall. And no one likes this new venture that he's doing. <laughs> it's I and it was this 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 whatever rant that he went on. Yeah, and I called I called him out like you are just doing this <laughs> to bring people to your website. Yeah, because it sucks now. <laughs> like your your stuff sucks. I'm trying really hard not to cuss right now. And I I I've respected him in the past. He used to go on Jimmy Fallon and like whatever oh, dude. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember right? that. He would, he would that. you know, he'd just be the guy being yeah. like the, the friendly tech face, like, okay, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go on a late night national TV show and just like talk about tech. Right. But just, just this whole Twitter rant that he went on like a few weeks, maybe a month ago, is just like a desperate attempt at getting people to come to his site. And no. the iPad is not it's not written off my wife runs her business on an ipad mm -hmm. i bought her an ipad pro mm -hmm. with a smart keyboard solely for this fact that she doesn't need a full-on laptop or a full-on desktop mm -hmm. to run her, her business all she needs to do is run emails make updates to her website to her website you know book clients and she does it all from her ipad so yep. f you josh sapolsky <laughs> f you you the what doesn't oh. come close bs there's tons of people running their business just getting fine along just using their iPad, and oh, yeah. this is just a desperate attempt to get people to your web to your website, which effing sucks. <laughs> Straight up. Oh, mic drop. Show's over. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Until next time, folks. No, okay. No, I mean, okay. I, I, I honestly, I, how am I even try to follow that up? I mean, Jay, I, I my one of my famous it. rants, right? So. Yeah, I mean, you know, you said it all, and and you used your wife as an example, and and that's really all all it boils down to. And and my thing is, my advice is to anyone out there listening, um, considering the laptop, look into it. If if you think that it would fit your needs, and yeah. you think that oh, it would yeah. be the ideal machine for you, look into it. It's worth it's worth a look in 2017 with these iterations here. These iPads are more powerful than many laptops out there in terms of raw horsepower. Um, for sure. Is the for sure. Is the operating system, that traditional operating system, like Mac OS, like Windows, that allows you to do every single type of thing that a legacy operating system would allow you to do? No, of course not. That's not what it was designed to do. But if your needs align with what the iPad does well with and you would really benefit from the portability from the ability to have a cellular connection on there from the lightness from the thinness from other uh, you know things that can be used in the tablet form such as drawing that Mr. Topolsky referenced then it's worth a look give it a, give it a look it it's just, it's the best possible time in the iPad's existence to consider buying one. This is this is this is it. This is almost the ideal with iOS 11 officially oh, yeah. coming pre-installed. 
short in a short amount of time, right, Jay? In about a, what? About a month. It will be yep, the best time ever in the iPad's history to buy an iPad. So take take a look. Whatever you do, don't go to the outline to cross reference because why, Jay? Don't don't give him any page views. His <laughs> website sucks. Absolutely sucks. Well, and his thoughts suck. <laughs> Come on, don't forget don't forget those. Don't forget those. And we can't forget in all of our excitement, Jay, to give a final rating on today's show beer. All right, so where, where where are you at? I'm, I've got like maybe two sips. All right, I'll, I I'll, think uh, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, this is gonna be okay. two in a row. You got like way more going first than me with our old rule, and he just killed a beer. Okay, so <laughs> okay, all right. Let me let me get my thoughts. I've been thinking long and hard about these. All right, folks. So here are my uh, uh, thoughts that I just formulated in the in the past five seconds. Okay, so. First and foremost, got a love, got a lot of love for Track Seven. Got a lot of love for Beer Hall. Obviously, as I just said, I was very excited for this release. Um, I had a little bit of a sample at the at the Beer Hall actually when I when I purchased these. I had a great first impression. It was a very quick sample, by the way. So I was kind of like, oh, this is gonna be good. Having the full can right now, I'm gonna say that unfortunately, it the the taste did not live up to the hype with this, and and even my whole sentimental attachment to uh, to both institutions. Um, I'm gonna give this a three seven five, and um, <laughs> um, the reason for this is this: I'd say there are some elements that are you know are are, are definitely likable and enjoyable. Um, the citrus in there is 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 good. It's solid. Um, are there any no- noticeable flavors that really pop out significantly? No. It's kind of just like a nice balanced mix uh, of citrus. Uh, the mouthfeel is good. It's substantial. It's not quite the Northeast quote-unquote style that I was looking for. So that kind of brings it down a notch. But more than anything, it's the overall um, taste and, and definitely the finish that really brings it down significantly for me. Um the, the the bitterness really isn't balanced enough with the alcohol. You get that pronounced alcohol burn, um, and especially on the finish, you're you're getting kind of a little. It's kind of a weird mix of, of slight bitterness and mainly alcohol burn. Um, it's not it's not like it's not like. And again, I just want to be clear. It's just the way of putting it is it's a little hot on the finish, really, in terms of kind of beer terminology. It's not like I'm literally swallowing scalding alcohol and I'm like <laughs> right not like clutching my my throat here right folks but it's uh, it's it's not as balanced as I would like I would have liked it to be um the citrus individual characteristics don't don't come out as much as I would like it's a great effort again happy anniversary to the beer hall I'm looking forward to future collaborations I'm a huge fan of track 7 um but yeah this 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 just came in a little bit short it's definitely drinkable um I'm feeling great from this can right now don't get me wrong it's just it's not it's not quite there for me so 375 god damn it nick i've been waiting for like a beer to where we could like just like argue over and like i was thinking like when we're when we're drinking this when we were first tasting it i was like oh man it's not i'm not feeling it <laughs> i was gonna say 375 to 4 and you you freaking took my rating i was gonna give it a 375 also <laughs> but it, it just goes to show that we have very similar tastes this is why we get along so well um i was gonna give this a 375 also um just reading the label it said northeast inspired double ipa um 
as we all know, double IPA is my flavor. I like double IPAs. Northeast inspired kind of threw me off. I was expecting more of, you know, like, you know, sweet juice bomb. Mm-hmm. The mouthfeel was 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 there kind of there it was it was smooth but like you know it the the 8.8 percent wasn't well hidden like like with uh traditional northeast style ipas um track seven is a great brewery i want to see more from them uh you know they're local and yeah i mean i wanted more out of this it it's 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 a good it's a good effort, yeah. You know, a for effort, but just like I don't know, it's, just I, after having Suka Hop and then having oh, this, yeah, yeah. I, I had to say set three point seven five. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. This is great conversation. I've obviously, <laughs> I've obviously like let loose. I'm you know no inhibitions whatsoever. I've given my thoughts about Topolsky and iPads and and. Fairly or unfairly, track seven. But you know, I, I no, it's fair. Three seven five. It's, it's yeah. completely fair, and I don't and I don't say that because we have the same rating. I I promise you, li- listeners out there, we did not plan this prior to the no, show. Absolutely not. Complete, never, never. Yeah, never, for the never record, that. I, yeah, you know, there's probably some people out there wondering, hey, do these guys talk? Before? No, we always we no, always hell no formulate the rating. Now throughout the show, we used to do them early on in the process and kind of realize, hey, we should probably take a little time. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, this one just happened to be uh, you know common between the both of us. And um, this, I have the feeling, Jay, this is not going to be the last track seven beer that we have on no. the show. No, 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 no. Yeah, great brewery. But in the meantime, until next show, Jay, where can folks send you Joshua Topolsky articles for you to critique? <laughs> I will block you on Twitter if you send me any of his. BS articles, but if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at J Torres on Twitter, uh, on on Untapped at J Torres as well, and then at Bay Area Beer Life is where I will post pictures of beer over on Instagram. Nice. Uh, you can find me on Untapped at Nick Pro. You can find our show accounts on both Instagram and Twitter at IBU Podcast. Uh, continue to subscribe to the show. Uh, tell a friend if you're enjoying it. Uh, drop us a line on Twitter or Untapped or Instagram. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave some reviews for us at your favorite uh, podcast uh, providers, iTunes, whatever have you. And um, just uh, continue spreading the word about the internet beer users. Uh, we're really enjoying this. We're having a blast. And we can't wait to join you next week uh, for our next uh, beer and tech topic. Absolutely. And until then, Nick, cheers, man. Cheers. All right, man. (gasps) Let's do this. Let's do this. (laughs) How many beers did you have? (laughs) I had, I've been drinking my Trader Joe's whiskey. It's only Tuesday, man. I had a, I had a freaking important ass meeting today at work and I was just like, Uh, did it go well? Yeah, it went well. I'm not in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, man. Let's get that whiskey. Let's let's get that whiskey power going. Whiskey power.